Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke is off today, and we're glad to be back on the air. It's been a rough week. We got preempted Monday by what we thought was going to be the Southern Miss Ole Miss baseball game. And then yesterday, a bolt of lightning came through the studio at about 140. And knocked everything out. So we're just really glad uh, to be back and glad that you've tuned back in this afternoon. Opening segment of the show, as it is every day, is sponsored by our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue. We love Justin and the gang. Uh, they cook delicious food. They do it seven days a week. It's always fresh. It's always delicious. Uh, and they're always happy to see you and really do appreciate your business. We appreciate theirs and encourage you to do business with Dickie's Barbecue. All right, a couple of programming notes. Uh, Eagle Hour on the road tomorrow. We'll be at Ramey Motors down in Purvis and uh, got confirmation late yesterday afternoon that uh, baseball coach Scott Berry will be joining the show tomorrow to give us a wrap-up of the uh, 2021 season. Haven't really heard from Coach Berry since uh, we didn't get any post-game comments from our coaches after the broadcast uh, at the conclusion of the tournament Monday. So we're going to have Coach Berry uh, on the show tomorrow, we look forward, of course, always uh, to having him on the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander will be joining us later in the show, but our guest today is actually the very first guest this show had. It's hard to believe Chuck Abadie, former relief pitcher for the Golden Eagle baseball program and, of course, the longtime sports editor of the Hattiesburg American. Hard to believe, Chuck, that was four years ago that you helped us kick this show off. Gosh, Bob, I, 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 it seems like just yesterday. <laughs> but you know what? This show has grown in popularity. I'm a regular listener. Thank you. Uh, and I know a lot of people are. And, you know, like, look around the state of Mississippi. Who speaks for the USM Athletics, okay? Best on the radio air. And it's the Eagle, Eagle Talk. Well, we appreciate that very much. And, uh, again, you were our first guest, and we'll always uh, be grateful to you for that as well. Uh, I ask you to come in today and and sit in with me for a while because uh, you and I are kind of older guys, but we, you and I have had this conversation before. One advantage of that is that we, we really had a front row seat. You were at the Hattiesburg American. I was at WDAM-TV. And we had front row seats in the heyday of Southern Miss football in particular. And uh, now that baseball is behind us and we're beginning to look forward to the football season, I'm, I just wanted to get your perspective on a few things today regarding regarding football. But first, let's go back. Let's go back to uh, the time period when Bobby Collins came on the scene and Bobby Collins was followed by Jim Carmody, who was followed by, uh, by Jeff Bauer. For those younger listeners that – and I've met a lot of young guys that are Southern Miss fans and – it amazes me how little perspective they have of how nationally prominent this football program was in the late 70s and the 80s and 90s. You know, Bob, I saw an interesting video 
on Facebook a couple of days ago. It was the highlights of the 1982 football season. It was a 30-minute show. I don't I don't remember why it was on there, but it was posted. So I watched it. And during that time, that was the year we beat Alabama in Bears' last game over there. We played Florida State that year. We played Memphis State that year. We played Auburn that year. Boy, that was the days when, when the schedule was really strong. But, you know, you, you go back before then, Bob, and, and you mentioned Bobby Collins and Bobby Collins came to USM just about the time I was starting as a sports writer at the Hattiesburg American, and Rick Cleveland was my boss at the time, and he had left, and I just became sports editor, and Bobby was launching his career as the coach. And I remember our football season opened, I believe it was in 73, 74 maybe, at Richmond. And Richmond was nationally ranked. So I went over there for that game, and I remember USM upset Richland, Richmond on the very first game I had ever seen on artificial turf. And they had Barry Richmond. And I remember after the game, they talked about we we're going to have post-game press conferences between the coaches. So I went down to Bobby Collins's post-game press conference, and Bob – I was the only sports writer in there. The coach at Richmond had a whole bunch of folks there. Mm -hmm. That was just getting us started. And I thought, gosh, where where are all the other scribes and writers and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Then it kind of launched. And, of course, we had the stadium renovation, and and USM had to play on the road for a a year, year and a half or whatever. And we had had good seasons. It's just they were all on the road. And then we came back, opened the the stadium with the Ole Miss game, and then the program just kind of took off from there. And and I start thinking about players that helped turn this program around, like Richard Bird and Gerald Bayless and some of those players. I mean, those those were the glory days, watching those guys play. No, there's no question. I, you know, my wife and I started school here uh, the last year that uh, P.W. Underwood was the coach. So we we didn't really experience football. Yeah, there was a football stadium. But we were here, and uh, and, and we were living here, and, and uh, I was I was really wor- – I had just started – I just finished school and just started working at the TV station. When I say the glory years hit, when and I'm, I know you're going to remember this, the I believe years, oh, yes. the Eagle Fever years, when we went to, uh, I want to say the Independence Bowl and beat McNeese State, which Reggie Collier has told me was the most physical, toughest football game he ever played in in his career. And you know what I remember about that game? We sewed it up late in the game when McNeese was threatening to score and they were going to run the option and Hanford Dixon ran in there on a blitz and batted the ball away on the pitch, and we recovered it, and that's what won that game right. for us. I don't know if you remember that. Reggie said it was a physically brutal football game. It was, and I, I remember it well. Right, and then, you know, then there were the years that um, that we were playing Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I, I remember going to uh, – homecoming in Starkville, and we had a little running back named Willie Heidelberg. And, oh, yes. And everybody thought Mississippi State was just going to run over us like a steamroller, and I think we beat them 44-14, to 14, some, something to that effect. I remember the years in, in Jackson 
playing before the incredible crowds in Jackson, the seven to six win over Mississippi State, the thirty-eight to I want to say thirty-eight to fourteen shellacking of Ole Miss 19, in Jackson, thirty-eight yeah. to nineteen. Just I remember the years that uh, that are fun to remember. And I guess the question being, Chuck, we've we've fallen a long way since then, and uh, can we ever get back to that level? Well, Bob, it, it has to start with a conference affiliation, okay? I mean, we're, you know, this is going to be a big football season for USM uh, this year, coming on the heels of a super baseball season, which was not only good for USM, but it was good for conference for the conference as well with three or four teams in the postseason. So now we've got to launch launch our athletic program back into the winner's circle, so to speak, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be very difficult to do because of the conference situation we're in. It's hard to – we've always talked about it. It's hard to establish rivalries with schools that are a 1,000 miles away. Right. You know, and and, – but, I mean, Will Hall, he has got a lot of folks excited, okay? And and the players seem to be excited. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I know we're – well, I think I saw the other day we're like 80 days away right. from, from the start with uh, South Alabama. And, uh, uh, you know, but it's – we can take a big step with reaching the upper echelon of the conf- of Conference USA this coming year. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you agree with this. I, I said this uh, – I, I don't remember now who was on the show the other day. I think maybe it was Kelly Sander. And I said – Here's what, in my view, here's what football has to do. Football has to get back to winning Conference USA, consistently winning Conference USA. And the Southern Miss fan base has to come back, and the Southern Miss fan base has to enjoy winning Conference USA, winning in the world that we live, and forgetting about what Alabama and LSU do. Well, you know, Bob, one of the things we have to do, we still have to have a marquee game or two on our schedule with like an Alabama or an Auburn or, or Florida State because they got to help us pay the bills. Okay. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's a, that, it's just a fact of life. Okay. But you got to take care of business. Correct. In the and you got to enjoy who you are. Yes. Is that and, my right? And, and that, that's right. And, okay. and that's, that's the hand we're dealt. The, the issue USM faces is, from a marketing standpoint, getting tickets sold. Right. And it starts with getting the students right. there. Right. You've got to have Hold something. that thought. We're going to continue our conversation with Chuck Abbey. Also, I have a newspaper article here that proves <laughs> Ray Guy was the player he was because of Chuck Abbey. <laughs> and uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about how uh, Chuck... Saved Ray Guy's butt on the pitcher's mound uh, back in the day. We'll be back. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net for their support of the Eagle Hour. Kathleen is an outstanding lady and got a great staff, the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel on the planet. Shop them six days a week on Hardy Street or on Campus Bookmark. 
Net. Kelly Sander joins us a little later in the show. Another reminder, we'll be at the Ramey Motors in Purvis tomorrow afternoon. Scott Berry, I guess really making probably his first in-depth interview since the regionals. He'll be on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We look forward to that. Chuck Abadie's with me, former sports editor of the Hattiesburg American, relief pitcher for Golden Eagle Baseball, and now uh, in public relations at Pearl River uh, Community College. All right, Chuck, so so we agree. Uh, Got to get back to winning Conference USA. Got to uh, compete in your own league and uh, and be the dominant team that we were under Jeff Bauer in Conference USA. Fans got to come out, got to support the team. You got to come watch Southern Miss play and not worry about who Southern Miss is playing as the determining factor whether or not you're going to buy a ticket and come to the football game. Well, that's correct. And, you know, I think Will Hall has, you know, one of the things he's done well, I think, is we're recruiting locally, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems to have been missed uh, somewhere along along the ra- line there. You know, for about a 10-year period there, we weren't doing much locally. Now we got the young man at Taylorsville who's player of the year for a couple of years is coming in here. We got some other local players that are going to be playing with us. It starts with those guys doing well, okay, coming in here and playing and names that you recognize, okay? I mean, you want people to wake up and say, you know, USM's playing today. Oh, Ty Keys, yeah, I, I saw him playing high school. He's a quarterback. Right. We, we're gonna let's go. Let's go watch and see right. how he's doing there. You know, it's got to start. It start. That's one starting point. Uh, I think Bob. The other starting point we've talked about before is. USM has got to make a concerted effort to get more students at the game. You know, it all starts, you know, that's where you, you start your your fan support with with uh, with the students. And, you know, I, I'm not sure how you do that, uh, but you, if you've got 5,000 students in there yelling, okay, for players who know a lot of those students, that's a big thing. Right. When you walk into the stadium and see a couple of hundred students sitting up there, that's a downer. And that's we've right. had a lot of downers like that right. in the past. No I mean, uh, so you know, you got to get got to get the students in there. And then, you know, Bob, let's go back for just a minute, if I might. You remember we had a marketing specialist at USM by the name of Bill Smith, and and Bill and I are good friends. USM, Aubrey Lucas brought him on board to begin a season ticket campaign one year. I I can't remember the exact year, but we were going to have a Thursday night game against, I believe, Northern Illinois. And we started a six-month campaign to go out and sell season tickets, you know, buy four season tickets or buy three and get one free and all these kind of deals that he made. Fill the stadium. Okay, we played that game that Thursday night. I don't know if you remember it, mm-hmm. but the stadium was full right. for Northern. It can be done. Right. Okay, they they had a marketing campaign. It took six months going out, right. business to business, selling season tickets. Somebody's got to be doing that. That's right. You know. Let me tell you something else that bothers me. And I won't get your comment on this. Back in the day, it's like an old guy say right back in the back in the day when I was the sports director at WDAM TV and you were the sports editor at the Hattiesburg American. 
we lived for covering Southern Miss athletics. That was our university, our town. That's what we focused on. It's so bewildering to me, Chuck, when I watch the local news, and, and that happened this week, and the whole newscast is about Mississippi State and Ole Miss, and I, and I, I, I see the Hattiesburg American doesn't even cover, doesn't even cover Southern Miss athletics. How did we get to this point? Well, I, Bob, I wish I could answer that. I, you know, the, the company that owns the Claren Ledger and the Hattiesburg American has been downgrading the staffs of these newspapers for several years. All right. And, and unfortunately, sports was one of their targets. Okay. Now, how they think uh, we can cover Southern Miss athletics with somebody that doesn't live anywhere close to here, it, it, it can't. It it can't happen, okay? Right. And you know, we we you you remember, and we both did this. We went to practice every day, absolutely every day. We went to practice, and if there were injuries or or we talked to the coaches and what have you, we got to know the assistant coaches, right? All of them by first name, right? Okay, because we were at practice every day. We were writing stories every day. People were interested. In the program, we were okay. on the airplane when they when they went out of town. Oh yeah, we yeah, covered the games and, and came back with them. We traveled with them. We spent the nights with them before games. Uh, we made sure that people in this area knew the importance of Southern Miss athletics. It drives me crazy, Chuck. I got to tell you, Pat McGee, Patrick McGee, is the only person that I know in the state of Mississippi that every day is focused on, on bringing news about Southern Miss sports. But you know what? Patrick is like a one-man staff. Oh, he is? You know, you know the Sun-Herald, like the Hattiesburg American, like the, the Claren Ledger, had multiple sports writers. Okay, I can remember back uh, in the day when the Sun-Herald had seven or eight sports writers, and they had a regular USM writer up here all the time with us. Now Patrick's having to do high school Junior college, right. college, right. all by himself, and I'm telling you, you're looking at burnout at right. some point in time. But but he but he does a super job, and and we're grateful because oh. let's face it, without him, right, it, it, we're done. Okay, no, that's and right. We're 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 so social media driven right now, and that it kind of scares me a little bit because. You know, uh, even with social media, we're not getting the word out, you know, about certain individual performances and right. and such as that. And, and uh, you know, it, it, I'm like you. It's disheartening. I mean, I worked there for 28 years. I, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it, and it's not just sports. It's, it's, it's news as well. So when you talk about our, our crowds at, at USM and stuff, that all comes into play. It all it all has a factor. Yeah, There's yeah, no question. Yeah, it does. I and, think right now, Patrick McGee, the Biloxi Sun Herald, Heath Hinton, who operates the Big Gold Nation website, the Eagle Hour. Tell me where you go to get Southern Miss news outside of those three that, sources. I'm it. not sure. No, and, and no, that's it. I mean, uh, unless you get in your car and go to practice yourself, and right. you're not going to be able. To, you can't. We all can't do that. But. Uh, it, I, I, I feel like it hurts us. You know, it hurts us in, in so, so many ways, Bob. It, it, it's, you know, and, and, you know, we got, we can start this fall. We got six home games. We need to take care of business at our house. Right. 
win a couple on the road, get back into the bowl hunt. Because, you know, I mean, you got, you're going to have another 35, 36 bowl games. You know, you got to win, you're going to have to win six games to get there. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've got to be representative in the conference, in the upper tier of the conference. And I think Will Hall understands that. And I, I think it'll, I think it'll come. Well, I think you're right. Uh, we've, We've had all those coaches uh, on the show, and, and they're young and enthusiastic, and they get you full of spirit when you talk to them. One other comment that I would make, Chuck, and uh, you can agree or disagree, and, and this is to Southern Miss fans out there, please stop all the negative stuff on social media. My heavens to Betsy. People posting this year that Scott Berry should be fired. I mean, does it, does it get any more ridiculous than that, Chuck? The only program – we had this year with a winning, if I, I believe that's right, uh, uh, record, right, and yeah. and we're on the national, we're on Nationally the national level. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're we're so close to to win, getting a regional at home, and maybe you know, maybe even making it to Omaha. I, you know, I, how can you how can you criticize well, that? You know, unless you're at practice every day. That's right. And are at, at all 61 games. Which you're not. You know, right. you cannot know what a coach's or coaching staff is thinking. They know they know how their players think. They know what's best for their players. Sure, there's going to be a time or two where you say, huh, I wonder why he did that or, right. or, or why did we make that move? You know, well, he didn't – the coach, Scott, didn't just pull something out of his hat – and say, he had you know a what? let's put him out there. You right. know, he had a reason. No, he, he had a, he had a reason. If you, have any, if you have any question about the quality of Scott Berry's coaching, you should have listened to Mike Bianco, the Ole Miss coach, after their game on, on the Ole Miss Network, or talk to all the Conference USA coaches like we have all year, who all consider Southern Miss baseball to be an elite top twenty program. All right, real quickly as we go into the break, I'm going to read this from the 1972. Article, Hattiesburg American, Delta State blank, Southern Miss, 7-0 here Friday behind pitching of right-hander ace Mike Payne. The only effective hurler for Southern all day was right-hander Chuck Abadie, who came in to relieve Ray Guy and threw two scoreless innings, setting down the statesman in order each time. We're going to get Kelly Santer involved in this, and we're <laughs> going to talk about this illustrious baseball career of our guests when the Eagle Hour continues. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, I want to thank 4th Street Bar and Grill for sponsoring the third segment of the Eagle Hour. It's the hangout of Kelly Santer. He can tell you all about the $8.95 lunch. He can probably tell you about all the alcohol specials they have as well. What he can't tell you about is any talent with pool or darts or anything. They have all of that down there. But, Santer, are you still doing the, uh, are you still doing the trivia? It's it's a once a month, and and Booty does that up, up in the front bar. You know they've got they've got the front bar at Four Street, and then the back bar where all the pool tables are. But yeah, Booty always does that once a month up in the front. 
Right, I know you got some breaking news, but before we get to this, I want to read this article for you real quickly out of the 1972 Hattiesburg American. Delta State blank Southern Miss 7 to nothing here Friday behind the pitching of right-handed ace Mike Payne. Ray Guy started on the mound for the Southerners and pitched three innings, but the big right-hander struck out seven batters in those three innings, but threw 82 pitches. Delta had scored three runs in the third and two hits and on two USM errors. The only effective hurler for Southern all day was right-hander Chuck Abadie, who came in to hurl two scoreless innings, setting down the statesman in order each time. Chuck told me before we went on the air that he really is – he was really the setup guy that made Ray Guy the famous athlete that he was, Kelly. You agree with that? I was going to say, isn't that kind of a, a given? I mean, didn't we already know that? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, Kelly, I'm going to tell you what I'm really known for out there. And I tell, I tell people this, you know, wasn't my record or anything like that. I was the only pitcher in USM history – that had a fastball that had an arch on it. <laughs> he told me one time. He told me one time, Kelly, that he would follow Ray Guy, and uh, after those batters were trying to keep up with Ray Guy's fastball, Chuck would would throw his pitch, and it hadn't even left his hand. The batters uh, were already swinging, thinking that it was <laughs> thinking that they had to swing that quick to get a Ray Guy fastball. Well, when when Chuck Abbott pitched, I, I, I'm I was told that I'm that they weren't televising games back then, and they said it was just as well because if they showed his fastball in slow motion, it wouldn't move. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. (laughs) All right, Kelly, what's your breaking news you got for us today? College football, the college football playoff committee will recommend at their annual meeting next week, June 17th and 18th, that the playoff be expanded to 12 teams. And here's the way, if it's approved, it will break down. There will be 12 teams in the playoffs. Six conference champions will get automatic bids regardless of their record. Then there will be six at-large teams based on where they are ranked in the top 25. Then the top four of those teams, the top four conference champions, will get a bye in the first round. Two of the other top six will have to play, and then the other eight, of course, will have to play in first-round games, and they will fill it down from there. But again, if approved, Notre Dame was represented in these talks, so were a lot of the smaller conferences, and you have to assume that Conference USA was in on those discussions as well. But again, the College Football Playoff Committee is expected next week to recommend to their national vote that the College Football Playoff will be expanded to 12 teams starting when starting this coming season oh that's that's the other thing and the the only thing that would be they would have to determine is they talk about six conference champions what six conferences exactly are they talking about you would certainly have to assume the power five sure then what would be the six i'm going to say the the uh the american i i would have to believe that would be it I, I would think that that would certainly uh, certainly be up for discussion. But um, that those who have said that four is not enough, they were looking at the particular schools who have won the national championship in the, in the past since it's been in existence, and there's really only been about four schools, LSU, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. have really been about it. Right. So, right. Because those have been about the only teams that have been invited to the party to begin with. 
Kelly, uh, there are three old sports guys on the show today. In fact, we're all so old. We, we could be talking about the 1952 World Series, but instead of doing that, I, I wanted to ask you uh, your, your thoughts about what I asked Chuck before the break. How did we get to a point that uh, the local TV stations and the local newspaper give very little, if any, coverage to Southern Miss and seem to give – more coverage to the two SEC schools in the state than they do the Division One University right here in town. How do we get here, Kelly? The only thing I can think of, on, and Chuck could probably better address the print side because that's that's the side that he worked so ably for for many years. But on on the TV side, that requires manpower, uh, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of media outlets, and I'm assuming again, Chuck can talk about this on the print side, that staffs. Staff cuts and so on have staffs have been whittled down to practically practically nothing. So it's just so difficult for the limited manpower to be able to get out and, and do that. And some of the, the SEC schools, you know, they can they can get satellite feeds from all these bigger cities across the country that either State or Ole Miss are playing in, when not you know necessarily in Oxford or Starkville. And you know, Southern Miss is, is in Hattiesburg, and uh, when they go to play, they play in. You know, smaller outlets, which maybe might not be accessible. That's the only thing. I, I'm not saying that is the reason. That's I'm just saying that's what I would lean toward. Well, it, it, it's basically manpower is also the situation, Kelly, with newspapers. When I was at the Hattiesburg American through the year 2000, we had five full-time members and a couple of part-time members uh, to cover all the high school, junior college, and, and USM sports in the area. Now there is no one, okay? No one. Yeah. No one. And, and the, you know, the Sun-Herald had seven or eight sports writers full-time on their staff. Now there's Patrick, and that's it. There's Patrick. And the Clarence Ledger at one time, I know when Rick Cleveland was up there, they had a sports staff of about 27, 28 people. I don't, wow. I don't think they have maybe five up there now. Okay, and you know, so uh, it's a man. You know, it's a manpower thing. You don't have anybody to send down here, and you know, so consequently, they don't they don't see it as a as a plus for them. But, but they don't. It's the, old, it's the old chicken and the egg thing, though, too, Chuck. It's like you ask people who don't subscribe to print, you know, media. Go, why don't you? Well, they don't cover school X, Y, and Z, but then. You know, it takes manpower and therefore money to pay the manpower to cover the schools, you know, X, X, Y, Z. And that money isn't there unless those people subscribe. Right. You know, so, so it is kind of a, a chicken and egg thing. But to further Chuck's point, I remember, and I'm sure other papers were the same, but I remember the Hattiesburg American was so extensive, and I'm not joking here, they would publish Dixie Youth baseball scores. With, with winning and losing pitchers and statistics, and, and people couldn't wait for the newspaper to come out. You know, and unfortunately now it just kind of seems to a degree as an afterthought, and the same can be said of, of the TV stations. Well, you know, you, you make a good point. I mean, when I was there, Kelly, I made it a point to get the Dixie, Dixie Boys, Dixie Majors results in the paper because – grandmothers and grandfathers right. And, right. and aunts and uncles That's and right. brothers and sisters, they all had scrapbooks, okay? Sure. They still have them. I mean, I, you know, people tell me, 
somebody will walk up to me and say, hey, you wrote an article about my dad back in so-and-so. I still got the article, Mm -hmm. you know. Those were people that bought the paper just for that. Right. The same thing's true in the radio business as well. My first radio job uh, back in the Stone Age was actually in Tylertown. And uh, we did uh, two or three times a day. We read the obituaries, and and it was it was never not sponsored. I mean, they they would. I wasn't involved in the sales, but they they had the obituary sponsor. Everything was local, 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 local. And Kelly, we've gotten away from that. Super Talk hasn't, but but uh, most media has gotten away from the aspect of we're a local broadcast entity. And that is where that's that's the only place if people want to hear about. You know, local TV stations make the mistake of showing NBA highlights and, and you know, NFL highlights. And the fact of the matter is, if the, your casual viewer wants NBA and NFL highlights, they're going to watch ESPN. All right. What they can't get on ESPN is highlights of Tylertown High School football or of West Marion High School football or the Dixie Youth scores or things right. like that. I think that they would find it amazing how many people would turn to their product if they were giving them a product that they couldn't get anywhere else. And that's what I think think he's right on point there. Yeah. I mean, the thinking is just not there with, with your bean counters. I mean, that's just, you know, it's just the way it is. And, and it's, it's really sad. I mean, it was not uncommon for us to be at like six or seven high school games on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. It was not uncommon for you guys at WDAM to have seven or eight games. You had that 30 minute, Right, post game, uh, post football show on Friday nights, and you had highlights from seven, eight, maybe even more games. Right. You know, yeah. And, and quickly before we go to break, Chuck, you were talking about the scrapbooks. A buddy of mine who's not very good at staying married, he's got a scrapbook of all of his wedding announcements <laughs> in, in one, uh, one scrapbook. Right. <laughs> we're, we're coming back. We're going to play a little Steely Dan, and then uh, we'll be back to wrap up this with these two crazy guys. Welcome back. This segment sponsored by D1 and D-Bat. Great training facilities right here in Hattiesburg. State-of-the-art, as a matter of fact, for baseball and softball players, for adult athletes of any sport. If you want to get in shape, fine-tune your game, get ready to play, you got to sign up to D1 and D-Bat, and we thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour. I'm with two of my, my buddies, man, today. Two guys I have a lot of respect for, Chuck Abadie and uh, Kelly Sander. It's like a, the old guys club here today uh, on the Eagle Hour. Kelly, I, I think you said you had a little more news you wanted to share with our listeners. Yeah, out of the NFL today, Bob, the, uh, all the NFL teams have released officially their preseason schedule. The New Orleans Saints will play three preseason games. They will play at Baltimore. They'll open up the 14th of August at Baltimore. Then on the 23rd, they will play Jacksonville at the Superdome. And, of course, that will be Golden Boy from Clemson. He'll be quarterback on that Jacksonville team. That's going to be televised 
by ESPN on the 23rd of August, and then they will round out their preseason against Arizona at the Superdome. So again, the Saints preseason games will be against Baltimore, Jacksonville, and Arizona. And out of the SEC, Jacquez Jones, the outstanding linebacker at Old Miss that entered the transfer portal, has committed this via his social media account. He has committed to Kentucky. So he is headed to Kentucky. Jones last year recorded 75 tackles in nine games for Ole Miss. But uh, Jones, the outstanding linebacker from Ole Miss, now officially a Kentucky Wildcat. And, of course, the biggest news there is the huge, massive pay cut that he'll have to take playing in Kentucky. <laughs> it's too bad he's not a basketball player, right? Too bad he's not a basketball player. He can make a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, I understand, too, there is an NFL preseason game that really – really will be epic and will probably draw, I don't know, at least half of the nation. Uh, when these two uh, bohemians collide on the field, Kelly, have you got something you can share with us on that? Actually, Bob, I think what you just said is what uh, pre- the former president called fake news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the game you're referring to is August 20th when the, the upstart Cincinnati Bengals will travel to Washington to play some unknown unnamed players. Right, the team with no name. That's what you're trying to say, Kelly. The team with no name. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And and again, because there will be so much interest, it is going to be televised on the Cartoon Network. (laughs) Fittingly so, I should (laughs) add. Fittingly so, uh, I should add. Uh, It's great having both of you guys here. Uh, I I just, we've got about three minutes left. I, I just really like for both of you to tell me what you foresee this fall with Southern Miss football. Kelly, I'll start with you. I will think, and this is based on discussions I've had with, with a lot of assistant coaches over there, that the talent is on board in this league to be able to make a real dent in, in their first year there. Uh, they expected to come in and see the coverage kind of fair, talent that maybe could not even compete at the Conference USA level. But from all indications I'm getting from the assistant coaches, that is not the case. Now, whether it translates into victories remains to be seen. But I, I perceive that they're genuinely optimistic about the talent that they have on board, that it's good enough to compete at a high level in this league. Chuck? And see, Kelly, and what do you have to do next? You, you move that into the fan population, okay? Right. You get the fans thinking like that. I think that's where you market. You, you, go, you, you, start, your, I mean, you start your marketing campaign you know, put some videos out there of coaches talking about what you just said, okay? Go to the service clubs, you know, I mean, and sell season tickets. I, I go back to that Northern Illinois uh, situation. Kelly, were you here when that when that happened? The Huskies of Northern, of Northern Illinois. I, I remember it vaguely. So. Yeah, a full house on a Thursday night at Robert Stadium. It can happen with a little effort. You know, and like you say, the talent is in-house, and, and it sounds like it's going to be there for a year or two, you know, uh, nice dip, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can be in the upper echelon of the conference. Right, and I and I well, vote for renaming the stadium the M.M. Roberts-Jeff Bauer Stadium, <laughs> if, if I had a vote, Kelly. Well, if, if nobody buys season tickets this year, the, the last remaining hope for the marketing department 
is they are going to embark upon, if you don't buy a season ticket, they are going to send a couple of Dixie Darlings to your house to break your legs. <laughs> since, since they are the most feared group right. on campus. Yeah. You know. That's a question for another show. Will we see the Dixie Darlings this fall? That'll be an interesting thing to debate over the course of the summer. Do they intimidate you, Chuck, apparently the way they do the student body? <laughs> <Tell you what. laughs> they come out swinging them arms. They're oh, loose. They're I, loose I'm, I'm ducking go. under my seat when I see that stuff. I know you are up in the in the executive suite that you sit in, Santa. You probably you probably set the caviar down and, and get behind the desk. Am I right? I'll tell you, it, don't, it really does it for me when I see those white boots toe drag across the 20-yard line when they're doing their routine. <laughs> <you know. laughs> Nothing scares me quite like that, I'll tell you. All right, guys. Great. White gloves. Great having both of you guys uh, on the show, two of the most knowledgeable sports guys in the Pine Belt for sure. And uh, I appreciate both of you being on. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Kelly, Kelly Santer will be at Ramey Motors down in Purvis. Scott Berry will be Kelly and I's guest. Michael Mergens will be on the scene producing. It should be a lot of fun, and we hope you'll join us. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Kids are slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping Into the future I wanna fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.